0: Rise and shine, liberty loving patriots, welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L dot com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband, J C Hall. Sup. And I'm getting a lot of feedback from yesterday's show. People really enjoying yesterday's show. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Close they of like
1: Kicking up dust a little bit.
0: Kicking up a little dust maybe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But I think that today we might be kicking up a little dust too. It seems like like running these things live on YouTube and then also uh, having a set time so people can know when to come on uh, not only brings those people that like to follow us, but those who like to sling arrows. <laughs> Does that make sense? Trolls? Oh, well, you know, I hesitate, but... <laughs> Trolls and others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I want to want to just get right into the Virginia scene today, JC, because, man, it's getting, getting pretty crazy in there. Oh, and I left my cell phone somewhere with all my notes on it. Great day in heaven. So, uh, Virginia, for those of you who are I don't know, taking a fast, media fast this week or (laughs) living under a rock or something. Uh, Virginia's about to explode because the legislators are trying to pass gun laws that are actually, uh, well. Gun confiscation laws. Yeah, gun confiscation laws. And not just simply large firearms. I mean, we're talking, they're going after everything one way or the other, either, either through red flag or through um, this legislation. Actually, we talked about this. I'm pretty sure we both talked about this, but I know that that you and I talked about SB 64 uh, in Virginia, the gun confiscation law, where the people were upset that uh, it was going to affect martial arts people and uh, it was going to uh, prevent fathers from teaching their sons how to, you know, basically if you go to a gun range uh, and train to fire a firearm, the legislation is so vague that it could, it is way open for abuse. And so that's part of what's going on.
1: (laughs) Yup. Part of it.
0: Part of it. So one of the really great uh, websites that we, we found on all of this is uh, what are they?
1: Law Enforcement oh, Today.
0: Law Enforcement dot com. Today. Law Enforcement has several articles on what's going on in Virginia and how the tensions are rising. And I've been following it on Twitter. So if you follow me on Twitter, you've been seeing my retweets and my posts and that sort of things there's a lot of misconception out there about the right to keep and bear arms even those in virginia who want to be on the right side and so i thought jc and i could talk about this today we could talk about the difference uh, a very distinct difference that i think a lot of people miss out on between a militia and a select militia because those are two different terms that our founders used And also about the right to keep and bear arms itself. Uh, If you listen to the hacks, if you listen to the law professors who are generally on the liberal side, they're going to tell you that the right to keep and bear arms is really just about uh, an organized or how our framers called a select militia. So JC, do you wanna give them the background on this while I go get my cell phone and all my notes?
1: Uh, sure, I can give that a shot. Okay. Uh, I, I think, as you mentioned, Law Enforcement Today has a good a good article, should have pulled that up. Um, basically rolling through the timeline and, and um, uh, the, what would you call it, the path and how it all unfolded. So apparently, as many out there, if, if if you're in Virginia or you've been following, it, as you know, uh, the governor, uh, Governor Blackface, <clears throat> basically threatened gun confiscation laws, and you know said he was gonna he's gonna pass it, and uh, you know I think re- referencing the '94 law under Clinton, which was about 10 years long, and then a couple a couple of differences there between. Uh, those and what they're talking about and proposing in Virginia is that the uh, federal legislation, the federal assault weapons ban, so-called, which was which was also garbage, but apparently had a, um, uh, what was it, two two characteristic uh, kind of uh, limit or whatever you call it. So there had to be two things that they listed as true of the gun and then you can't have that. And then so this one is... Uh, one characteristic, like anything over 10 rounds and, um, you know, and, and so the governor caught flack on that and then came back um, and tried to tried to sort of cover it in their typical doublespeak. And he says, we're going to grandfather everybody in who already has one. We're just going to outlaw it going forward. And then those of you who have it can keep it as long as you register, right? So you got to go register with the same people that just said we want to confiscate your guns. And and by the way, if the things... <laughs>
0: If, and people are connecting the dots, yeah. right? They know how this works. Seriously, come on, we've lived this history before. We don't. We don't need the cliff notes. We know how this is going to work out.
1: Well, then we we talked about on other shows about the sheriff standing up. You had sheriffs saying we will not comply, We're not going to enforce these.
0: We actually have a map of Virginia that shows yeah. the sanctuary uh, cities, and it's 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 pretty pretty uh, amazing. The different the the magnitude of of this, so you can see this. This is the Virginia uh, Second Amendment Sanctuary Cities map. Um, The white cities have made no decisions. has it got to be white, Chrisanne? Are you racist? (laughs) Uh, The red cities have rejected the sanctuary city status, and the purple ones have passed. I mean, seriously, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at at this this uh this this amazing legislators who are threatening to call in the national guard to disarm people in Virginia who will not register and turn over their firearms right and I'm looking at that state map j c and the only thing that comes in my brain at that point is Molan le bay right i just i can't first off i have a very next
1: civil war i mean if that's the case you
0: know i don't think so because i have this really strong conviction if you look at that map and you see the number of people that are uh the number of cities and i mean these represent numbers of people right that are coming along and saying we're we're not playing this game with you we're not joining you in this fight so i have this theory because there are people who have said, well, guess what, The uh, when Obama was president, right, they were saying, well, Obama's going to call up the military to disarm the people. And then somebody did some kind of poll and polled right. the military and found out that 24% of the en- those active enlistment would actually go in and disarm the people. I think
1: it was Marines in particular, which Marines. is shocking in and of itself. Right. But-
0: 24.
1: That means sev- that means 76 76% 76%.
0: percent will not, mm-hmm. and I believe that's you're going to find that kind of of mentality across America. You can call up the National Guard all you want, but these guys are not going into their own neighborhoods and taking arms from their friends, their family members, because that's who the National Guard is, right? Mm-hmm. And by the way, just to give you a little bonus for your educational dollar, that's why. Those that's why the globalists want the United Nations to be so involved in here. Because the UN will come in and do what the American people will not do for themselves, right? We're not going we are not at the place, and I don't know if America will ever be at the place where Americans will disarm themselves.
1: That same argument argument can be made for the federal police force or against the federal police force, because you think about the National Guard, you know, it's typically like people from the state. It's people from mm-hmm. that same state. So, the same thing with law enforcement. If you, you know, as you you think things are bad with some of these bad apples,
0: mm-hmm. you're talking
1: about even worse if the, they're not even part. They're not even from your own community, your own state. With a federal law enforcement or you know federal police force. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, but but I, I agree with you. I, I've always said that, like, our National Guard people from the state, you're literally gonna go and and uh, you know go against your own fellow neighbors no. in in a state. It's kind of crazy, but I mean, again, you have that 24 percent of whatever it is in there, so you're gonna have those guys um, now. And you also have to think about. Remember what remember what they were doing under the Obama administration? They were identifying. Right, You know, part of it was to identify these folks and then weed them out. So if you know who would take up arms and who would follow these orders to disarm citizens, then you can put them, you know, you can make a squad like, you know, your own little section where it's just those guys, and that's who's rolling into your streets. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so I I totally agree with what you're saying, but, but then I also think there are instances where these guys are dumb enough as well as crafty enough, you know, to try something. It's not yeah, going to no, work no, out no, no, no. for them. Right. right. For him, yeah, that's the point. I,
0: I don't doubt that they'll try something. Yep. I think because they're arrogant. Sure. I think they're igno- their arrogance is driven by their ignorance, and they have this, you know, there's this this mentality that comes out of these new AOC, uh, you know, those Ocasio-Cortez Democrats with that, that mentality that, that I'm going to push through because... I'm God, you know, and it's this. Like I said, it's the arrogance, and they, they. It's no longer the Democrats that know a lot of things that just aren't so. The way Reagan talked. But you, this is these are people who are absolutely fundamentally convinced of lies.
1: Yeah, but I, you know, I think what I seem to notice here as well. You look at the sort of the federal attack uh, against. Gun ownership uh, really has not had success, and mm-hmm. it, and they've actually lost ground. It's gone backwards. Mm-hmm. They've lost a lot of key battles. And so it seems now this move, this attack now at the state level mm-hmm. seems to be spreading. It seems to be their new tactic. Utah, mm-hmm. uh, Nevada, mm-hmm. um, New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, California, that's a no-brainer. But a lot, of, a lot of this is happening. They They haven't been able to do it on the federal level and it seems like now they're dropping down to the state level and so I think I I don't think this is going to stop and I feel like you know, this kind of clash is coming.
0: Right. Because
1: obviously and and it's a great that that map illustrates. It's
0: gonna come somewhere. It's going to come somewhere. And and uh, right, the map illustrates how unsuccessful this is going to be.
1: Sure, because when the gun grabbers leave their urban areas, I mean, what are you going to do? Right. How, how are you going to accomplish this? Right. And then if you right. can't enlist federal troops to roll in and mow down their neighbors, right. Uh, I, I don't understand how you think you're going to going to do this. All you're going to do is create a bloodbath.
0: You're going to, right, exactly. and. We already see this coming into fruition because, you know, like I said, uh, the one representative calling in, uh, the, say we're going to call in the National Guard, right? Uh, Virginia governor forced people to register firearms, and uh, that's how he'll know what to confiscate, right? We're going to register. You have to register, and then when we figure out what you've got, that's how we'll know how to craft future laws uh, to To ensure that we can make, you know, we we can confiscate what we need. And uh, what's interesting is that the Virginia National Guard actually responded to the legislator. I'm looking up his, his name right now because you know I like to give out names. Uh, Represented Donald McKechn McKechn, M C E A C H I N. Suggested cutting off state funds to counties that don't comply with any gun control measures that pass in the state capitol. And suggested that the governor uh, could call in the National Guard to enforce the laws. Well, the National Guard actually tweeted out a response to yeah, that. And not said, happening. Said, guess what? We we, uh, we appreciate the Constitution and we appreciate the people's right to keep and bear arms. And they they sort of they they sent out a, a thread of tweets and in one of them and they said let's just let's all calm down and let the legislators do their jobs and then we'll see where we go. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe what he, what the whoever is is the PR person for the Virginia National Guard is saying. Look, your goal here is to get in touch with your legislators and make sure this doesn't happen, so that that we don't have to you know go against the governor
1: yeah I I um I I'm curious and I don't really have the answer you know to this question but I'm just curious what does that tell them about what they're up against I mean what does that tell them about at the end of the day trying to be able to take people's guns I mean because honestly uh I see. Even, even I've seen conservatives and different ones laugh at folks, like mock folks that say, "They'll take it from my cold, dead fingers." Um, that's apparently the case. I mean, that people apparently truly do feel that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's and and well, it's <laughs> so, no joke. Here's the thing: we've been teaching now for 10 years, and when people have said to me, you know, they'll uh, when when they come for our guns, I'll know things have gone. You know that, that our liberty is gone. No, I'm sorry. History says they come for your guns after your liberty is already gone. And if you look at the politics of the state of Virginia, you look at their uh, who's been running the state of Virginia for for how long now. You can see why they're in this situation. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to me uh, that this is not New York. With, with the way New York is running, or, uh, well, California's too big, they can't do that, right? California couldn't disarm the people because there's no way they could disarm the people in, in Northern California, all the ranchers, Yeah, and stuff you, like you that, just so.
1: have an immediate split, you know, the, yeah. all the secessionist movements would, right. would become a reality yeah, right Yeah, exactly, right away.
0: because there's already a plan yeah. in place to break off, off the Northern part of California.
1: <laughs> first so. off, not, not only who, or, or, or not only how are you going to travel from San Francisco to Redding to, to get the guns? But who? Who is coming from right. San Francisco right. to take Northern Californians' guns, right? right. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> right. You, you might want to stay home. You might want to double, you know, think twice about that right. kind of strategy. So I think that's really silly. And the same thing can said be said about New York State. I mean, who, who's coming from Long Island to go mm-hmm. take the upstater's Uh, guns away. I mean, give me a break. So it's really, you're left, they're left with this idea of we have to go get federal troops, we have to get National Guard. They have to enlist the federal government to do this. And then you're seeing the reaction Mm -hmm. from, you know, National Guard saying, no, we're not doing it. You see all these sheriffs say, we're not doing it. The police saying, we're not doing it. So how are they going to do this? When are they going to to realize it's not going to happen. Give it up. All you're doing is you know, signaling that you want to commit suicide.
0: Well, this Democrat from Virginia, uh, Donald, and I'm not going to try to butcher his name again, said, I'm not the governor, but the governor may have to nationalize the National Guard to enforce the law. I don't even know what that means. This guy must be a real well, real. iteration. No, it
1: has to do with the, the Sanctuary City. So the, no, I the, mean
0: nationalize the National Guard. Right. That's what I'm talking about. That is a stupid statement. <laughs> I realize what he says. How, do, because how does he the says, governor do that? Yeah, He says that's his call because I don't know how serious these counties are <laughs> and how severe the violations of law will be, but that's obviously an option he has.
1: The governor nationalizing the national. Yeah, Guard.
0: I don't. I don't even know what that means. But the okay, so America. You gotta go to
1: college okay, to get that. Dump. I know.
0: Okay, so here's the point: the National Guard is already nationalized. That's why they call it the National Guard. Which, by the way, is completely and totally unconstitutional because the state militias are supposed to be run by the states until there's such a time for a limited period of time that they are called into service by Congress because of war. I actually have, JC, we have a a clip up there of James Madison. Oh, the quote. Who was actually a a Virginian, right? So um, let's pull that one up there. I want you to see what James, yeah, that one. What James Madison said about the, the right to keep and bear arms and about the... Uh, He says, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, Madison is is historically called the father of the Constitution. And I like how Madison here is showing us the subject of the Second Amendment. Because this is Madison speaking to the delegation during the voting for the ratification of the Bill of Rights. He's explaining to them what they're about to see in the Bill of Rights. And remember, the argument by the, the educated idiots make the subject of the Second Amendment an organized militia where Madison is explaining the subject is the people. The subject is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. A well-armed and well-regulated militia being the best security of a free country. But no person religiously scrupulous of bearing arms shall be compelled to render military service in person. Now, why would Madison say that? Well, you and I know how many Quakers were, there, the Quakers were, um, were, well, I don't know, is it pacifist the mm-hmm. right way to say that? Yeah, yeah. So the Quakers were the pacifists and they were refusing to, some of them were even refusing to be involved in the in the, uh separation from great britain but we had a few quakers break ranks to sign the declaration of independence and to be a party to the writing of the constitution and the and the ratification of the bill of rights and so this was the protection that they wanted that madison wanted us to be sure we understood that people could not be compelled to serve if it was contrary to their religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so what we have to understand here, and what we need to do is we really need to articulate uh, very clearly and concisely and historically and accurately what the right to keep and bear arms actually means. This is the perfect teaching moment. You've got all these people, look at all those counties in Virginia, all these people standing up for the right to keep and bear arms. I still sort of want to grieve and wonder how many of them think that their right to keep and bear arms comes from the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. How many of them are talking about a Second Amendment right? How many of them are talking about um, my constitutional right? You know, our right to keep and bear arms precedes all these documents. Uh, Samuel Adams wrote in 1772, among the natural rights of the colonists are these, first life Secondly, liberty. Third, property. Together with the right to protect and defend them in the best manner that they can. Now, he describes these rights as being derived from the first law of nature, the duty of self-preservation. So when you think about it, JC, our right to keep and bear arms actually precedes the creation of man. Sure. Because we are created inherently the moment we take breath in this, in this world, we, we inherently have the right to defend ourselves. Now, maybe as a toddler, we don't have the ability to defend ourselves. But that's a right that is then passed on to our parents to defend us, right? And as human beings, natural right to life, liberty, and property, we have the right to secure those things. Because without these three things, there is no life at all. And if you have to wait for someone to protect your life, your liberty, and your property because the law says you can't, right? The law says you're not lawfully allowed to protect yourself. You must wait for for Mr. Man or Mr. Woman over there to come protect you. The moment you have to wait for someone else to protect your life, your liberty, and your property, you are now by very definition a slave because those people defending you now hold in their hand the power to assign value to your life and your liberty and your property. And when another man places value on another person's life, when one man places value on another person's life, that is ownership and that is slavery. We are enslaved if we do not have the power, we do not, we have the power, we do not have the authority to defend ourselves from any enemy.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I I, I, I like to say, it, kind of explain it like this: that you know, I'm not created by any other human being, right. so therefore I'm I'm not a creation or production of of, a, of another person other than my parents through right you know through biological process. But but you don't you don't own so nobody owns me, mm-hmm. right? Um. So th- you know. That, that's why when you talk about natural rights, that it's inherent. Mm-hmm. It's natural meaning by the, the nature, by your nature, right? right. That I, I'm created by God, right? If you're a person mm-hmm. of faith, I'm created by God. So therefore, he, I'm his property in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so he gave me these rights. They don't come from man. They can't come from uh, an, an institution because the institution doesn't, uh, did not create me, doesn't make me, doesn't own me. Right. Uh, and that's what you're saying if that's the case then you're then you're promoting slavery. Right. Uh, now, and that's what the left does. We, right. Like they're all, we're all against we're against the you know the the slavery of Africans during uh, our early history, but yet they're advocating a government slavery in right. saying we get to we get to dictate to you whether you can protect yourself. You're not allowed to protect yourself. Uh, you know we have people that will do that for you. Well, JP, guess what? A, a, a peace officer is not in everybody's yard. He's right. not walking around with me all day. How? how is Why that? do
0: I carry a gun? Because yeah. I can't carry a cup. Yeah, exactly. Hey, put up a, an LFU, uh, a Liberty First University thing up there because I want to remind everybody that at libertyfirstuniversity.com, we actually have courses on the right to keep and bear arms. And I didn't catch who it was. Oh, um, Val's creation studio in our chat room reminded that owning a gun is a property right.
1: Right, I was going to say that's the other aspect And and
0: so we not only have the right to keep and bear arms at uh, Liberty First University, the whole explanation, not Chris Ann Hall's opinion, but actually, what the framers themselves said. Mm-hmm. But we also have a course on property as James Madison teaches it. And James Madison, in his essay of property in 1792, says, We have a very, uh, we have a property very dear to us in the safety and liberty of our person. You see, the right to keep and bear arms is a property right, as Val says. But that's not limited to the gun and the ammunition and the magazine and all that stuff. Madison was explaining that the very right, the very right to keep and bear arms is in of itself a property, a property gifted to us by God and by the nature of our creation. And if that is so essential to our being, and that's what they, what he says, this is not a just government. So these laws, like Virginia's, as confiscation laws, right? They not only violate your essential right to self-preservation. They violate your, your property rights. They violate your due process. Mm-hmm. Because you've committed no crime. Right. There's no jury that's going to try you in this case to take your guns. Isn't, isn't what you that- have is legislative fiat that is completely running roughshod over every aspect of due process that, that has been in existence sin, since the creation of just governments.
1: Isn't it um, sort of a bill of attainder, like this law is, is is almost a bill of attainder kind of law? Because it essentially targets a class of people, like all people who own guns, voila, that's now criminal. So you're, you're sort of targeting a class. I would say an, ex, it,
0: would be more classified as an ex post facto. Right. It's an ex post facto. You what you did before that was legal is now illegal. Yeah. Right. So because it was legal and now it's illegal. Now you're a criminal for what you did when it was legal. And that's basically what what they're doing here. And it's just it's insane to me. We don't realize the depth of the violations here. I mean, when I teach the history of our Constitution uh, across America, I've been teaching, this is like the, the history of the Constitution is like the first class I started teaching. So I've been teaching this for 10 years all across America. The right to keep and bear arms and the rights to due process, the rights to a trial by jury, were codified for our legal history back in 1215. Mm-hmm. In 1100, they talked about the right of the people to keep and bear arms. They talked about the right of the people to bear arms separate from government. They In 1215, they codified it as a guaranteed right. And, and by the way, JC, codified as a guaranteed right of people who were subjects to a king. Right? We are not subjects to a king. We are freemen in a constitutional republic which would mean if we were mentally set right, if we were educated properly, that would mean that our rights are, have a heightened degree of, of security and availability because we're not subjects to a king.
1: Yeah, and I think it goes back, and you, you teach this in some of the classes, it goes back to the what is supposed to be the proper constitutional framework and relationship mm-hmm. between state and federal government. I mean, right. the way people talk about the United States, and I'm not talking about the issue of cor- corporation and that sort of thing. I mean, under under the Constitution, what it's supposed to be, right? Mm-hmm. The United States, in that sense, is not a, is, is not even a country. So when you say, mm-hmm. when someone would say United States citizen, how can you be a citizen of, of the United States? You're not a citizen of the United States, right?
0: You're a citizen of your state who is a member of the Union. That would be like saying that that, uh, well, Great Brit- Britain's Brexited, right? But when Britain was in EU, they would say, I'm a citizen of the European Union. No, you're not. That's not you're, a country. You're, the European Union is not a country. I wish that we had started the habit of calling ourselves the American Union rather than the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Because our founders knew clearly what United States of America. They called it these United States of America, not the United States of Which America. This is like
1: saying we, the states, together. Yeah, we wasn't, together. Wasn't, we're wasn't, It we're didn't a mean like union. some some new right. uh, we're monolithic a union. entity.
0: Right, we're a union. Um, let me let me go back But, that's,
1: to, but that goes back to the thing. There, what, I was, what I was getting at is not only are we're not subject to the federal government mm-hmm. the federal government is actually supposed to be subject to the states yes, they the are. states created that yes. entity to essentially do their enumerated bidding right yeah
0: so here's there's another class at libertyfirstuniversity.com the class on understanding the role of the federal government being created by the states and the supremacy that the states have over the federal government that sounds crazy radical to a lot of people also my book Sovereign Duty if you don't want to take a class online you can go to Amazon you can go to Books a Million go to Walmart you can go to chrisanhall.com you can order the book Sovereign Duty that lays all of this out not only Sovereign Duty does not only does Sovereign Duty lay all this out it gives you all my research too in the back all my notes are in there but I want to talk about these Virginians JC right these Virginians who actually knew what the right to keep and bear arms was all about James Madison, the Virginian. Listen to what he says in 1792. See, these are the things that we should have been teaching. If we'd been teaching this for the last, I don't know, 150 years, right? Madison says in 1792, It is not a just government, nor is property secure under it, where the property which a man has in his personal safety and personal liberty is, is violated by arbitrary seizures of one class of citizens for the service of the rest. He says a magistrate issuing his warrants to a press gang would be in his proper function in Turkey or Indostan under appellations proverbial of the most complete despotism. Madison is talking about gun confiscation. He's talking about people wanting to, to take your arms, to take your ability to provide your own Personal safety and to secure your own personal liberty. He calls that complete despotism And he says it has no place in a just government It's amazing to me what these what these Virginians say. How about George Mason? George Mason said in 1788 40 years ago when the resolution of listen to these words these words are so powerful Forty years ago, when the resolution of enslaving America was formed in Great Britain, the British Parliament was advised by an artful man who was governor of Pennsylvania. Remember in those days, the governors were appointed by the kings. They were not elected. And they said it "It was the best and most effectual way to enslave them. The best way to enslave the people is to disarm them. They knew this. Mm -hmm. But look at how he continues. and He says... But the governor of Pennsylvania advised Parliament to disarm the people, but don't do it openly. You have to weaken them first and let them sink gradually. Don't show up on their doorstep to take their guns because they'll shoot you in the forehead. You have to weaken them. You have to make them think that they don't need them, that somebody else will protect them. You need to make it difficult for them to get them, all the permits, all the fees. Uh, You can only buy ammunition in boxes this big. You can only carry a gun that holds three rounds. You make it so inconvenient and then you brainwash them into believing that it's so unnecessary that they become so weak that they will stand in line like they did in Connecticut and just simply hand their stuff over.
1: I, I was thinking about this so question for you. Help me think this out. Um, since in all of the you know Second Amendment type language, the, the articles in the state constitutions, what have you, a- almost all of them, if not all of them, refer to the purpose, right, mm-hmm. for for the liberty of a free state, security right. of a free state. So, if if in fact that's the purpose for the individuals in the state being armed, isn't this uh, once again, a kind of a coup, a kind of a... I mean, aren't the legislators... It's weird because there's legislators behind this, so aren't they sort of committing a coup, or isn't that, isn't that really an insurrection because they're actually trying to overturn the security of the state?
0: Well, let's, let's start off a little bit more basic, JC. Let's go to, to uh, Noah Webster, mm-hmm. who explains to us what that term, a free state, actually means. He says, before a standing army can rule, the people must be disarmed as they are in almost every kingdom in Europe. He says, the supreme power in America cannot enforce unjust laws by the sword. Because the whole body of the people are armed and constitute a force superior to any band of regular troops that can be raised on any pretense in the United States. He says, the force... At the command of Congress can execute no laws, but such as the people perceive to be just and constitutional, for the people will possess the power, and, just, and jealousy will instantly inspire the inclination of the people to resist the ex- execution of a law which appears to them unjust and oppressive. So a free state, by that definition, by the men who wrote the Second Amendment and more, more Relevant as Madison would say, those who actually ratified the Constitution. A free state is one where there is no standing army that rules over the people. And a free state is one where the people outarm their government so that the government cannot become oppressive on the people, so the people can resist oppressive laws. Now, I think that you could very well reasonably argue. That a law that defi- denies you of your property without due process, a law that denies you of your property without committing any crime whatsoever, a law that takes away your right to keep and the right to secure your own life and your own liberty and your property, a law that literally turns you into a slave of the government is an oppressive law. How could you even argue that? Do you think that if I went to a liberal campus, right? And I told them, uh, your governor and your legislators are about to pass a law that will take your property that, as if you were a criminal. There'll be no jury trial. There'll be no accusation of crime. They're just going to come to your house. They're going to demand that they take it. And then they're going to make you so dependent upon them that you are enslaved to them, that your very life depends on what they feed you. What do you think the liberals would say about that? On, on, on like on a college campus or something. I think that the, I think that there were a lot of people would be like, "Wait a minute! You're going to come take my stuff. You're going to come take my stuff. You're going to turn me into a slave." And yet, we don't teach this to connect the dots to show people this is exactly what is going to happen. Now, those who ratified and wrote our Constitution knew these things. But we have, as Samuel Adams said, no people will tamely surrender their liberties nor be easily subdued when knowledge is diffused and virtue is preserved. He said, but on the contrary, when the people become universally ignorant and debauched in their manners, they will sink underneath their own weight without the aid of foreign invaders. We're sinking. When we have legislators that will step up and say, we're going to call out the people among you, to enforce tyrannical laws on you, which, by the way, is a standing army, which, by the way, is the imposition of martial law, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is not allowed by the Virginia Constitution, right? Right. We're, gonna, we're going to arm people in your community to disarm you by law. And if you resist, we're gonna throw you in prison.
1: Uh, doesn't when we look around and see what's going on, doesn't it kind of uh, belie the the um, the retort we hear all the time of it, it can't that'll never happen here it can't happen here I mean look what's going on man we're
0: look it's been happening for a while now we're about I mean, five
1: minutes from revolution
0: the minute we agreed to a permit we started this process the minute we agreed to allow government. To issue us permission slips, to protect ourselves. You see, the right to keep and bear arms is not just about protecting ourselves from robbers and rapists, and and it, it, it's about protecting yourself from anyone that would take your liberty, including those in government. That's what Madison. Uh, that's what what uh, Noah Webster just said. He said. The government cannot raise any force under any pretense to enforce unjust laws upon the people because the people outarm the government.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I wanna, before, we, before we get too close to the end, I want to open up this forum and talk about the distinction between a, uh, a general militia and a select militia. And this comes from uh, one of our anti-federalist papers called the, A Letter from a Federal Farmer to the Republican, Number 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, many historians I'm, I, and I, whom I agree with believe that the author of this is Richard Henry Lee. Now, Richard Henry Lee says, whereas to preserve liberty, it is essential that the whole body of the people always possess arms and be taught alike especially when young how to use them now let me ask you uh, the question that i'm always asking my students when i teach this class jc if you're if something is essential can you do without it no and if you are always doing something is there ever a moment when you're not doing it no well, if you're always, if essential to, to the preservation of your liberty means that you always must possess arms. That means any moment when you're not packing, you're not preserving liberty. Right. Now, continuing.
1: Well, it also means if, since, since possessing arms is essential to preserve liberty, then it stands to reason when they're, they're after your arms, they're after your liberty.
0: Absolutely. That's a very good point to make, JC. Look at what he says especially when young how to use them, Mm -hmm. right? This whole argument that the Second Amendment doesn't apply to an individual is ridiculous. Number one, grammatically speaking, the subject of the, the, the whole paragraph in the Second Amendment is not the militia. The subject is the clause, the right of the people. The right of the people is the subject. To what? To keep and bear arms. Why? Because a well-regulated militia is necessary for the security of the free state. They wrote in complex grammatical form, but, and, and we've lost that. But the subject is the right of the people. And the right of the people must exist, shall not be infringed, so that we can have the militia to secure the free state. Mm-hmm. And what Richard Henry Lee is telling us is that the well-regulated in the Second Amendment section is not about government. It's about training. Right. A well-regulated militia is one that is well-trained. How do you ensure that someone is well-trained? You train them at a young age how to keep and bear arms. That's how you do that. That's what this is all about. Now, I want to show you what what he says now. He goes on to say, look at what he says. Nor does it follow from this that all must promiscuously that all all promiscuously must go into actual service on every occasion. Notice he's drawing a distinction between organized militia and the general militia. Mm-hmm. He's saying the whole body of the people have a right to keep and bear arms, and we have a or we have a trained militia outside the government militia. And then he says, I love this clause, what he says, because this is where we need to understand this. He says, the mind that aims at a select militia must be influenced by a truly anti-Republican principle. Now, that's not the party. That's the preservation of liberty, right? Where the the people are the source of representative power. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is, if the government is the only militia which is controlled by the people in government, then you don't have a representative government anymore. Right. You have a totalitarian government. And he says, look, and when we see many men disposed to practice upon it, whenever they can prevail, no wonder true Republicans are for carefully guarding against it. And this is the key, JC. When we talk about a militia in the Second Amendment, when we talk about a militia, we go up and find the, the, we have the the Virginia Constitution. The Article 1, uh, Section 13, that a well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people trained to arms is the proper, natural, and safe defense of a free state. Therefore, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Right? Then you have Noah Webster's inclusion there that the standing armies in time of peace uh, shall not be um, th- the standing armies in time of peace should be avoided as dangerous to liberty right right And that all cases which make,
1: which makes adds a clear distinction right yes. You're not talking about like You're so the not militia talking
0: about the National Guard. Exactly. You're not talking about the US military right And when you read these statements specifically from, from George Mason, from Noah Webster, from James Madison, from uh, Richard Henry Lee, they all carry the same phrase. The whole body of the people.
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: they each make the distinction between a government controlled, whether and, and they don't whether it be at the state level or the national level. Mm-hmm. A government controlled militia, as Richard Henry Lee makes in, in, in Federalist Seven um 18. Is distinct, is distinct in two forms. The general militia and the select, select militia. militia. Right. The National Guard is the select militia. Richard Henry Lee says that's not who we're talking about because not everybody has to go into the select militia. And to claim that the only militia that can exist is the select militia is an anti-liberty ideology.
1: Yeah, many people say that they will say the, mali- the militia is the national guard. What yes. they what they mean by militia is the national guard, um, but that's a that I mean that's essentially you're a full time member in that sense. I mean that's what you're our-
0: paid by the government. You take orders right. from the government, right? And the idea that the Second Amendment or Article One, Thirteen in the Virginia Constitution. Was only geared to a select militia Is contrary to what Virginians actually believed When they wrote that And mm. I just gave you the Virginians right. And you just heard the Virginians And then you heard their words Inserted into Article 1, Section 13 yeah. So you have to know the meaning and intent here
1: Mason, Jefferson, Madison, Richard Henry Lee
0: Yes, they're all Virginians Yeah, Who wrote this and so you can't claim otherwise. And so to argue that the, that the National Guard, that the militia is only something that the governor can raise or only something that the sheriff could raise, the sheriff raises a posse, not a militia, and not something that everybody has the authority to raise, is so ignorant of history. It's as if to say those people who were residents of a state, Mm -hmm. who wrote their constitution, who wrote the Second Amendment, realized that the federal government could become tyrannical enough to try to disarm them. So they wanted to make sure that they put in the Bill of Rights a reminder to the people to never let the federal government disarm them. Yet those very same people never realized that their state government could become tyrannical and try to disarm them. When that's absolutely contrary to history, when you look at the history that drove the writing of the Second Amendment, that drove the drafting of the Constitution, when you take in particular Governor uh, Governor uh, Gage disarms one town in, in uh, Massachusetts and brings the entire 20,000 people from across... All of the, the, mm-hmm. all, all of the all colonies. The colonies to come help and protect the people of Boston.
1: Yeah. No, so I... we
0: our history starts with a governor disarming the people. And to say that the constitutions were not written with that idea that the governors could disarm the people is just plain ignorance.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't mean to get upset about this, but I have been reading some real garbage on social media written by people whom people... Refer to as credible, you know, our vetted professors with our vetted textbooks. No, I'm sorry. These are people that paid way too much for an education that is completely full of lies and ignorance.
1: Yeah. Educating
0: this, themselves into oblivion and ignorance. Some, maddening some, on to their own destruction.
1: Some uses these more modern labels, organized versus Unorganized militia. There's, there's a similar kind of thing in in when you're saying uh, select versus general, general right. meaning like in Florida. Florida's nice in our constitution. It I mean it says the all the able-bodied whole, all able-bodied citizens are
0: members right. of the militia.
1: Yeah. So that's that's the I, I guess if you take those kind of modern terms, which came later, that would be more akin to to unorganized. Um, well,
0: but I would say that we need to be careful about... But it's still about, not the
1: National Guard. Right, the National but, Guard is not in any of... The National Guard is not the militia, period.
0: No, period. And we need to make sure that, well, it would have been a, a select militia if the federal government hadn't taken it over. Because remember, our militias, our states had... Select militias, mm-hmm. and then the Act, the National Guard Act, came and took them all. Essentially, under, federalized federalized them. them. Well, that eliminated the state militia because now they're under federal rule. Yeah,
1: who do you answer? To? But
0: I would caution under using the terms uh, organized and unorganized because I'm going to tell you this: the general militia can organize. When you you make the distinction between organized and unorganized, you think that maybe in order to come together to organize, I now have to have the permission of the governor. Mm -hmm. Or I have to have the permission of 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 the sheriff. No, 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 no. As the whole body militia, right? As the general militia, you have an authority to organize. You have an authority to train together. Now, the, that was the whole idea. Remember, Richard Henry, Henry Lee said, Whereas to preserve liberty, it's essential that the whole body of the people always possess arms and be taught alike, especially when young, how to use them. If you cannot organize to train, then how are you going to be well trained?
1: Yeah, and Aqua makes the point is what I was going to say. If you stick to the terms that the drafters used, the terms yes. that the founders used, you know, and understand what they meant in yes. the context. So some of those later terms have changed. They changed what they really refer Absolutely. to. Absolutely, um, it's
0: like saying constitutional rights or Second yeah. Amendment rights. But those are those are phrases that serve to change the way we think about things. If it's a constitutional right, it comes from the Constitution. So somebody can interpret it differently. Somebody can rewrite the Constitution, and that changes my rights. No, these things were in there to identify inalienable rights. To identify inherent rights that cannot be changed.
1: Isn't it kind of telling? Um, I mean, doesn't doesn't it really reveal what the National Guard is when we see National Guards being National Guard being sent into foreign Absolutely. foreign engagements Absolutely. and overseas? Just right, they're they're no different than the federal you know military standing army. So. You know, many, many reasons and evidence says this is. They are not the militia. They're not the state militia. Something entirely. So different.
0: let's get the word out to Virginians. Read your own constitution and know the v- history of the Virginians that actually wrote it and what they actually meant. You don't need the sheriff's permission t- to to organize. You don't need the sheriff's permission to train. You certain and and this is a thing that's that's hard for us to really grasp today because we've been sort of. We've been sort of bullied into submission. You don't. Why do you have to ask the government when and where and how to keep and bear arms when they are the reason that you keep and bear arms? Yeah,
1: and I think that's why a lot of people try to make, are, you know, wanting to use the terminology to distinguish today saying resident versus citizen. Our, our framers use the word citizen many many times many mm-hmm. many places the problem is not with the with the term citizen the problem is they they never meant their use of the word citizen never meant subject mm-hmm. it never meant a subject to the government quite the opposite mm-hmm. the government is 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 a subject to the citizens to the residents to the people mm-hmm. of the state so it's just the it's it's really the use of is the problem and how that's been flipped around. It's like the word liberal today what liberal meant back then is right. completely 180 degrees. So no way even if you and I don't the word citizen doesn't doesn't offend me because I'm using it in the sense that the framers used it. I don't mm-hmm. mean subject to any government state, right. local, national, anything like that. Americans are not subjects. Period. We we are our republic and our Republican framework, our constitutional framework, mm-hmm. puts us at the top. <laughs> Nobody's over us; they are under us. They work for us. They are to represent us within the confines of the rule of law known as the Constitution. And that's really what's been flipped on its head. And how all these other things entered in the the, the corporate you know corporate entities masquerading as government, and you know all these other actors and different things that come in. That that really tr- transform the meaning and subjugate the people, and so it's not even as you say. People bring up, and I'm not gonna we're not, that's not this show, but people bring up the corporate issue and all this kind of stuff. And I love all, you know listening to you um, answering one day, and you said you know regardless of whether this is true, or that's true, not true. Somebody calls it a conspiracy. Somebody doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's not constitutional. It's illegitimate. Even if all that's so, it's illegitimate. And our goal is still the same. Enforce what is the, the proper, right. what the Constitution is supposed to be. Enforce the Constitution. That's still the answer.
0: Well, J.C., um, one of, in our chat room, uh, writer Dust said it would be helpful if I would write a list of all the books that I've read. So I, let me just tell you, I don't, I don't read other people's books. What I teach you is because I've read the original source doctrines. I'm actually reading their letters. I'm actually reading the ratification debates. I'm actually reading the writings of the people. When you, when you start looking at history books and compilations and all these things, then all of a sudden you get the psychology influ- influence, you get the philosophy influence, you get people's opinions. I deal with original source text only. And the best thing that I can tell you is to to sign up at libertyfirstuniversity.com and get the training that I give. Because in that training, I identify specifically the documents that I use. And that way you can learn how to do this research on your own. Amen. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job with that today. Yeah,
1: we can, we can keep rolling with some of that other stuff next time. But yeah. uh, very... I, man, we, we we're living in historic this, times. I mean, first we had all this impeachment yeah. stuff going impeachment on, stuff. And, and now we've got
0: I say a this burgeoning
1: is, revolution yeah, in, in Virginia. because the,
0: the militias are being organized in Virginia as we speak. And the people are are are, are setting their feet in stone and saying, we're not going to let you have this happen. And the fact of the map of the state of Virginia and their sanctuary cities screams loud and clear so we're going to have to see how uh, how how the aristocracy of Virginia and their in their legislator actually believes. You know, the whole "let them eat cake" kind of mentality. Yeah. You're you're going to find out quick enough what what the spirit of of America really is.
1: And uh, and I, I and I'll say again, it doesn't matter who wrote what, where, whatever amendment they stuck in there to mean whatever they wanted to mean. Mm-hmm. I will say once one, once more. Our founders and drafters never intended us to be subjects, period. Come so, on so, now. Why so, would they
0: want us to be subjects when that's the very thing that they fought against? So
1: they can make all the corporate entities they want, all the phony amendments they want. Uh, that ain't. That's not legit. It's not happening. We're not going to stand for it. And I realize, again, all the Federal Reserve stuff, that's another show. Yeah. Uh, but that's not to say that's, that's legit. It's right. not. I'm not a subject to... Anyone but my God, period.
0: Render under Caesar's what is Caesar's, and render under God what is God's.
1: And I don't belong to Caesar.
0: And I don't belong my to My
1: family doesn't belong to Caesar. My kids don't belong to Caesar. My property doesn't belong to Caesar. So uh, I don't have much to give him. Sorry. Sorry, Caesar. See ya.
0: Well, make sure you guys share this with everybody that you can. I'm hoping that this will be an instructional video for the people of Virginia I'm going to put in the show notes an article that I wrote um, about this. So it's sort of like a a Reader's Digest abridged transcript of what we just talked about. Uh, This, by the way, this article went global. It was actually translated into Polish so that the, uh, the people of Poland could use it to write their new constitution. So this is fundamental liberty stuff.
1: Amen. So what you read is what the founders wrote.
0: What what you read, what I teach is what the founders wrote. What you read in this article will be. No, what I'm the saying founders wrote.
1: that that you were saying that's what you read. That's what I read. That's I what read, read
0: what the founders wrote. I don't read somebody's history books, and I don't, and, I, and if I do, it's because I'm just looking for some citations, not because I'm looking for some or, or professor's I read the, or opinion.
1: Or I read the other books, and I'll I'll like just show you something yeah. or tell you something.
0: Yeah, that's true. He's done that but, as well.
1: But you don't you seriously. I, people don't believe that. They but don't believe you, that. You don't read other people's books uh, Mm -hmm. for the most part. I'm like, unless somebody sends you something, you know.
0: To specifically- For them. For them, right, to do that, (laughs) Read read my
1: manuscript. Read
0: my manuscript. Why? Because I don't ever, ever want to be tempted or to be uh, tainted.
1: Yeah.
0: And and I I hope that when people hear me teach that they actually hear me, what is that called? Streaming. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, you know, just giving you what the founder, I actually think in founder's quotes, because that's, that's what I feed myself. So
1: yeah. Hey, and I'm with you, Liberty Cause, but I don't care what they say. I'm not a subject. Period. I'm not a subject. I don't care how they, what word they want to use. And I think you're pretty much Virginians are saying the same thing.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> we well, are not subject.
0: Well, let me just say the Virginians have come full circle.
1: Yeah, amen. Because they
0: were some of the most staunch. We have the Bill of Rights because of the Virginians.
1: Welcome back, Virginia.
0: Welcome back to the Liberty Caucus, Virginia. See
1: you next time, guys.
0: Yeah, love you guys. God bless. God bless.